Aloha, Penn Nation. What's up, guys? You're now listening to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio. As always, I'm your host, Jay Kench. Pleasure to be here with you each and every week. I hope all of our listeners in the States had a great 4th of July, Independence Day. I hope there were no firework accidents for you or your family. I hope you enjoy the day. And I also hope that everybody's been doing well with this incredible heat wave that we've had in the lower 48. Lord knows it's been very hot in Rhode Island. The humidity has certainly been brutal. And Lord knows good old Big Kench does not like humidity, my friends. However, just like the heat we've had and the fireworks going off yesterday, there's a lot of fireworks coming up this weekend. You've got the Professional Fighters League going down tonight. The tough finale going down tomorrow night. And of course, UFC 226 on Saturday. Been a lot of big news breaking with UFC 226. And as you guys always know, when it comes to the breaking news, BJPenn.com, we have got you covered. Exclusive content, viral videos, analysis, you name it, we've got it. And like I said, of course, all the breaking news as well. Make sure you bookmark us, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Follow us on social media. Stay up to date on the sport you love of mixed martial arts. BJPenn.com, the fighter's voice. Everything you crave from the sport you love, we have got you covered. So for this episode of BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice, this is episode 87. We have four awesome guests and some really cool conversations with each guest that I hope you all enjoy. We're going to kick things off with our good friend, big time BJPenn.com Radio supporter, one hell of a fighter, a future champion in Bellator and probably the UFC later on in his career. One of the most talented up-and-coming guys out there today, the Spaniard himself, Juan Archuleta. Following his sensational knockout of Robbie Peralta at Bellator 201 over the weekend, we're going to recap the victory, talk about the craziness that was going on before he even got to the cage when he got the news that his daughter had apparently had a seizure at summer camp. Thank God Juan's... No. Thank God his daughter's doing fine now, but of course we're going to get an update on that. We'll talk about how that all affected his mindset walking into the cage and still going out there and putting on a great show, amazing performance, and scoring the knockout in the third round. We'll discuss what's next, future opponents, when he'd like to get back into action, and a whole lot more. I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but when they were announcing Juan in the cage, you could see on his fight banner with all of his sponsors, BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Our logo was up there. So again, big thank you to Juan, big supporter of the show. And of course, we're always big supporters of Juan and his career and everything he's got going on. So following the Spaniard, we're going to speak to another up-and-comer in the UFC's bantamweight division. This gentleman holds a win over the former champion, Henan Barrow. Definitely a fan favorite, a guy who goes out there, puts it all on the line, slugs it out. He's coming off of a hard-fought loss against John Lineker at UFC 224. But you'll hear in our conversation, even in defeat against Lineker, I think his stock rose tremendously. Of course, I'm talking about the man they call Boom, the man they also call Whitey Mouse, Brian Kelleher. First time speaking with Brian. It was a great conversation. He's a really cool guy. Look forward to our next one. We're going to recap the loss to John Lineker. We're going to talk about what's next for him, hopeful future opponents, when he'd like to return, how close he is to having a fight announced, and a whole lot more. Again, it was a pleasure to speak with Brian. He definitely has the potential to not only be 
a future champion, but a big star in the sport of mixed martial arts as well, in my humble opinion. And then closing out tonight's show, we're joined by some sisters in combat, the Muay Thai sisters to be exact. Probably going to have to start calling them the MMA sisters. Of course I'm talking about Valentina and Antonina Shevchenko. We're going to catch up with Valentina the Bullet Shevchenko first. We're going to discuss the likelihood that this fight with Nico Montano finally gets booked for September 8th, as Nico has suggested on social media. We're going to talk about the matchup, what many think is the inevitability of Valentina becoming the champion in the women's flyweight division. We're going to pick her brain on a couple of hot topics in mixed martial arts. And of course, we're going to talk about the signing of her incredibly talented sister, Antonina. So then, we're going to wrap things up with El Pantera, Antonina Shevchenko. We're going to recap her very impressive win on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, which subsequently led to her receiving the UFC contract. She's an incredible addition to the UFC women's roster and to the flyweight division as well. We're going to get her thoughts on her competition at 125 pounds in the UFC. We're also going to discuss how this works out in regards to the title for both of these sisters, being that they're going to be competing at the same weight class and are likely going to dominate in this weight class between the two of them. First time speaking with Antonina. She's awesome. She's incredibly talented. And I cannot wait for her to make her UFC debut. We'll get the latest on that. It sounds to me like she's planning, or would like to, ideally, be on that September 8th card alongside her sister Valentina. So that's the lineup for this episode. Four awesome guests, four awesome conversations. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. We're going to jump right into it. Let's kick things off with our good friend, the Spaniard himself, Juan Archuleta. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show, good friend of BJPenn.com Radio, coming off a sensational knockout over the weekend at Bellator 201, the Spaniard himself, Juan Archuleta. What's going on, brother? How was life in Cali today? Uh, it's nice, you know, just following up with some doctor's appointments, getting some checkups, and uh, just living the life. Are you already back in the gym, or are you trying to enjoy a little bit of this holiday week with family? A um, little bit back in the gym, and then uh, just enjoying uh, some time with the girls, my nieces, and my daughter. Very good, very good. So first off, man, thank you so much for repping BJPenn.com radio on the sponsor banner. It was really oh, yeah. cool moment for us, and I can't tell you how much we appreciate that, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No worries. I appreciate you guys. Secondly, you had a really emotional post-fight interview. Uh, before we talk about the fight, man, how is your daughter doing? She's doing good. Um, you know, sometimes she, she, she's like me. She, for, she gets so busy with playing that she forgets to eat, you know, or, you know, uh, drink water or electrolytes. So she was at her vocational Bible school. So I just think she, um, it just, uh, uh, she didn't eat or didn't, um, rehydrate after swimming all day the day before. And she just, you know, kind of stared off, but, uh, she's feeling good now. She's feeling better, doing a lot better. She was in good hands at the church there and, uh, with the, with her grandma. So, she got taken care of. Okay, so it was just like a, uh, a lack of nutrients kind of thing, lack of hydration? Yeah, type of deal. So Okay. Some, something like that. But she's good now. She's 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 uh, her bossy self. <laughs> <laughs> you know, getting that news hours before the fight must have made it really difficult for you to go out there with a clear mind and compete. 
Yeah, it was uh, very hard. You know, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it or not. You know, happy to go out there and win. Um, and, you know, the team that I have around me is, you know, like family. And, you know, they helped me um, and uh, reinsured me that everything was going to be good. Now, regardless, you went out there, put on a great show for the fans. Uh, you ended the fight with a humongous punch. How do you rate your performance overall? Yeah, you know, it, 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 I, I think it was a subpar. You know, I, I felt like it was hard, to, um, especially with the, with with the with the you know the little little emotions I had going into it. But um, you know, once I got going, I started finding a home for my wrestling and my punching, and I uh, got the knockout. So it was awesome. You you guys went to war in the first round, man. There was a lot of crazy stuff going on. You were looking for that flying knee. I mean, obviously, you're talking about not necessarily having a clear head going into the fight, but it looked like you were really going out there looking for the early finish. Yeah, you know, uh, Joe, Joe Daddy, he, he comes up with great game plans. And, uh, of course, TJ um, and Cub and just the whole corner I had, um, you know, working with Dwayne and Tiki Gosen, you know, they all said, let's stun them early. You know, let's, let's surprise them. Let's go for the takedown. And, um, you know, worked with Joe on breaking off on takedowns. Um, and are breaking off takedowns uh, when we're in and uh, and 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 striking off of it uh, just to surprise people, you know. And he said, if you do that and you land something clean, it's gonna it's gonna take him out of the fight mentally, and he's just gonna start swinging for the fences, and we're gonna be able to dictate him, dictate the game, the our game plan, and and the fight the fight pace. He's like, so just go in there. Go for the early takedown. He's going to stuff it, we know. So bump off and look for either a big strike or a big kick, big knee, whatever you feel at that moment. And so, you know, working with Dwayne has been awesome. He's been able to add some versatility into my game. And, uh, you know, sometimes he'll hold the pad up in mid-combination. You have to throw a knee or throw a kick or, or elbow or punches. You know, so it's our arsenal um, be able to have that and be able to um, – do it off the fly is awesome, you know, and um, just having full confidence in the game plan and sticking to it and having those guys in your corner that give you the confidence to pull it off is awesome. Absolutely, man. It sounds to me like uh, obviously all the great talent that you have in your corner, all the coaching staff, but it sounds to me like Joe Daddy, he's one hell of a game planner. Oh, yeah, he's the best, you know, with the work ethic like myself and the game plan like Joe Daddy, I, I feel like there's there's no one that's going to be able to go out there and beat us, especially with our with the training partners we have and the, the extra coaching that we get um, from Dwayne Ludwig and, and Mark Munoz, Daryl Christian, just like to, to add the, the, the icing to the cake, so to speak, is just priceless, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, did Robbie do anything out there that surprised you at all? Yeah, you know, he had really strong hips um, that he anchored down that made it hard for me to get under him and uh, control his waist and control the, the lower part of his body. And so that was a big adjustment that I had to make because usually in the clinch and in there, I'm sending knees to the legs, beating the legs down or, you know, staying active. And he made it very uh, frustrating for me to try to get a hold of something, you know. So we had to go upper body and, and, and really try to wear him down with a lot of movement and uh, a lot of like pulling, like uh, to try to drain him, like pulling him down on his head, pulling down on his arms, keeping, making sure he had an underhook. And uh, every time I felt him relax, I just got heavy for him to, to uh, start trying to muscle me back up to kill his arms out because he's a heavy hitter, you know, and that's what Joe said. If we wear him down and we get his arms dead, it was like, uh, that was his whole, uh, every time we were training, we were like, hey, we got to work this wrestling, and your, your striking is going to look a lot 
Hey, I, I lost you there a bit, bud. Uh, I guess uh, just pick it back up. It sounded to me like you were you were really weighing on him, making him carry your weight throughout the fight. Yeah, and that's something that Cub, um, you know, weighing him down and getting his arms tired is something that Cub uh, kept wanting me to do during practices. Uh, and so, uh, you know, and it paid dividends. Okay, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, the viewers at home, man, you could really hear TJ in your corner. You know, not only is he a loud cornerman, but it seems like he was very passionate about it. That lends itself to the bond that you guys have, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, TJ and I have grown close over the last uh, year and a half training together. And, um, you know, he's pretty much like, you know, a brother now. We, we we spend more time with each other than we do with our wives, you know, and it's just uh, – and it's re- and it's real intimate because of the training, you know, the the dedication we put in, the time we put in, we sweat and bleed together, you know. So uh, to go out there and see his his stand up, um, me utilizing his stand up skills is, is I'm, I'm sure it's just uh, inspiring for him to coach to coach with because whatever he's calling out, I'm doing in the fight, you know. But, Right, and you know, Dwayne had talked about that a lot with TJ. It's like whatever he would call out, TJ would do immediately. So I'm sure that TJ seeing that in you, that's got to be really cool for him. Yeah, you know, Dwayne, he sits there and he um, and he spends hours with us uh, hitting mitts with us. And, uh, you know, and, and so for him to see us do it in sparring, it gets him excited. And, uh, you know, he just, he's just a great program on uh, getting the system and getting us to working with it. Right, he's always talking about uh, for him coaching. He gets to go out there and play the UFC game, but in real life. Yeah, yeah, him and uh, they both say the same thing. It's like it's like playing a video game when you guys are out there. I call it, you guys do it. You know, it's awesome to see, and I'm sure it is. You know, they 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 spent their career on building themselves and building a um and and building a, a program around them, and then to see fighters do it. Uh, I'm sure it's because it's, I, I coached wrestling and. and uh, high school wrestling to see them hit moves that you teach them is awesome, you know. So and when they're coaching and listening and they're coachable, it's a it's a it's a treat for you to be in the corner and watch it, you know. So um, and it just goes back to saying not just uh, not wasting anyone's time, you know. You don't want to waste your time or the coach's time because they got they got champions that they want to build and world titles that they want to win with their with other fighters, you know. So it's just not wasting their time and really um, utilizing what you're what, what you're being taught. Well, you can't ask can't ask for more for from an athlete that you're coaching. So, you know, again, yeah. it sounds to me like this is all this is all perfect matching between all of you guys. Uh, but with that win, yeah. you improved to nineteen and one. I know you're a humble guy, but you have big goals for yourself. What's next, man? Are you expecting to uh, to to fight a big name and possibly put yourself into contendership in your next fight? Yeah, for sure. You know, the first the first thing I want to do is uh, get a hold of Sure Dog and tell him to switch my record now because it it's actually twenty and one, and uh, they they haven't put one of my fights on there that I fought in Indiana. It was a sanctioned bout, but um, I got to get it switched because it uh, it was a bit it was a big night for me. And uh, Cub had reminded me at the end of the fight that he's like, "Man, that was your twentieth win. How's it feel?" And I was like, "God!" And uh, to get it on a knockout, it's probably awesome. And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." But uh. Yeah, I mean, but next up, you know, I I, I feel um, I feel good about myself right now. I feel good that uh, you know I have I have a promotion like Bellator who's uh, really really pushing the promotion in for me. Uh, you know, I think they're within one one more big fight, or you know, uh, it at least gets 
title. Um, you know, I'm definitely going to be dropping down to 135 coming up here in the, the next one or two fights. And, uh, you know, I, uh, and I know there's going to be some moves of some guys dropping down uh, to 135 as well on Bellator. That makes for good fights, you know. And uh, I know Darian went up for a fight. I don't think he'll stay there. But if he does, you know, I think uh, the people that are dropping down, it, it makes good for a, a title run, you know. Absolutely. Now, that, that kind of segues into my next question here perfectly. You had told me that the last time we spoke, the, the plan is to get the 135-pound belt first and then pursue the others. So it sounds to me like we could see you dropping down and wait for your next fight. Yeah, either next fight or, or, or the fight after. You know, uh, we're going to, you know, this this week is a big week for me. Uh, you know, and, and it might even lead into next week on uh, negotiating uh, what my next fight is. You know, it's going to be, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm contracted to fight um, two more fights with Bellator, and uh, but the thing is, is we're going to sit down and talk and see uh, where where it makes sense for the promotion um, for me to go down to. You know, the 45 pound um, division is stacked right now, absolutely. Uh, but I, I feel like 135, they need a little um, a kickstart down there, and uh, you know, James Gallagher dropping down and fighting on August 17th. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be opposed to fighting August 17th either on the same card uh, and, and us leading into, you know, a, a bigger fight um, coming down later in the year or even if uh, Darren doesn't, doesn't doesn't drop back down, if, if uh, that, that puts me and James in, in talks for a, a, title, a title fight. Now, I mean, obviously you're mentioning James Gallagher there. Does anybody else come to mind specifically or... At this point, are you just looking to talk with Bellator, see what makes the most sense as far as building up the brand and building up uh, that division, and then you'll go from there? Yeah, if they would like me to uh, drop down and, and, and fight a couple games first, I'm, I'm, I'm totally um, willing to. You know, I, I, I know that they, they come up with um, some really good game plans on, on promotion ends for them, and whatever's going to get more eyes on us uh, to help self-promote ourselves is, is always key, you know, and, and it's always exciting. Um, or if they want to put us in the mix right away and, and put us in there and, um, you know, put us on a bigger card at the end of the year for the heavyweight tournament grand finale, that makes it even better too, you know. But uh, I know they got they got a lot of good things cooking right now, and uh, to spark the 135 division, I know interests them as well. So it sounds to me like you're going to sit down for negotiations. You say you have two fights left on your contract, but is it possible that you'll be doing a contract extension if they're willing to go in the same direction as you and your team would like to go? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I know, um, you know, Kogan, Chow, and, and, and Coker, they're all excited about me, you know, and, uh, you know, I, all, all the fighters that are, that are in Bellator, they, you know, I just, they, they're, they all reached out to me and said, hey, great fight, awesome to have you with the family. And uh, I don't see myself going anywhere um, un, until I, 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 I get some titles wrapped around my waist, you know, or at least fighting for uh, five, five rounds. And, um, you know, the, the title is always nice, but it's the performances and the, and the matchups that I'm excited for. Um, you know, I, I hope soon that we're able to get a uh, um, five-round main event um, um, fights um, involved in Bellator. That's because uh, that's where I thrive is the five-round fights, and uh, I know it's going to be happening here shortly. You're looking at August. You'd love to be on that card, but how soon is too soon? I mean, August makes the most sense for you. Yeah, I feel August makes the most sense for me. You know, I'm healthy. I'm there unharmed. Um, 
you know, I, I went and got everything checked up just in case, and, you know, we're good to go. And, uh, you know, it's not obvious. Uh, in, in South Dakota, I definitely would love to be in the San Jose card with the uh, the kickoff of the welterweight tournament, uh, you know, and and, uh, and it just it just makes sense, you know, to keep building. Right, and Coker always puts on a great show when he goes back to his hometown of San Jose, right? Oh, yeah, it's a bragging right from, you know? Right, for sure, for sure. Now, changing gears here for a moment, man, Bellator showed uh, Sam Calvita monitoring your heart rate backstage. Tell us about what was going on there. They were talking about, you know, him asking you to bring it up, bring it back down. What was that all about? So I've been with Sam my whole life, you know, and I said previously on the show, and, uh, you know, we're starting to create something that's, um, you know, unprecedented. And, uh, yeah, Sam, he just... He, he knows um, he knows how to monitor my body now. He's, he's fully engaged with my body and knows when I'm ready to go out there and fully perform. So his goal is to you know get to a certain point where my body has the most oxygen in it and uh, and my heart rate and I and I've hit my heart rate zones that he needs me to hit for me to be in the mix and uh, be ready to fight. You know, for some people go out there cold turkey or not warmed up or too warmed up. You know, that's that's something that he helps eliminate. Yeah, and that's a very important part of the game. I mean, you can't go out there too worked up. You can't, like you said, you can't go out there cold. I remember Frank Mir saying that he he used to like to go out there not warmed up at all to to simulate actual you know combat. But I always found that crazy, man. I mean, you gotta yeah. you gotta get in some kind of a warm up. Yeah. Yeah, it just gets the blood going, you know what I mean? It gets the fluids going. And uh, I believe it, it prevents you from getting knocked out in the first five seconds, you know? And it just, uh, you're just alert, you know? You, you see everything coming. You, you're able to judge and gauge um, distance very well. And, you know, you're able just to, to have a clear mind of, of, of being ready to go, you know? Absolutely. That's most important. Absolutely. For me, at least. I mean, wrestlers are known for you know, over, over warming up, um, or, you know, just going out there and just, you know, mixing it up right away. And so, um, him being a wrestler his whole life, uh, you know, he, he needs not, and him being a calculus teacher now knows how to, how to, how to control, um, you know, take away the if factors. Man, that, that guy truly is something special for everyone, everyone working with him, your entire team. I mean, it's, talk to us about how much he's elevated your game and the, and the game of your teammates. I know you've I know you've uh, mentioned this before, but man, after seeing the heart rate monitor thing and everything that you're talking about, the guy really is a mad scientist. Yeah, yeah, he's um, you know, he, right now uh, tonight he'll be up for trainer of the year, and rightfully so, you know, um, since uh, so I didn't have the college career that I wanted uh, at Purdue University. And, um, you know, and I, I had to take matters into my own hands with people around me that were going to um, train me to be world-class because uh, this was a work, world-class sport. And, um, you know, I just needed to take the guesswork out, out of uh, training, you know. Am I training too hard? Have I trained enough? Have I done the, uh, what I needed necessarily to, uh, um, from nutrition, from resting? And, um, you know, just... Did I get the right workout, the uh, intense workouts that I needed? Um, did I get the, the flow workouts that I needed? And with him monitoring all that stuff and, uh, you know, showing me my recovery throughout the, throughout the camp and telling me, look, at, um, this, this week we need to really load up 
and then uh, and so we're going to spike your heart rate. You're going to be in deficit on recovery, but this is the only time um, that makes sense. That's going to give you time to recover and be above baseline when when you first uh, started the camp. So he he just does it all, man. He nutrition, he uh, strength and conditioning, um, just good physical well being, um, supplementation. You know, it, it, it's just the all in one package. It's, it's it's priceless. Right, you can't ask for more. Absolutely can't ask for more. Now, speaking of teammates, I know I already talked to you about the the prediction for TJ and Cody, but I'm wondering if you're going to be uh, with TJ for for fight week and all the preparations that go go along with that. Yeah, definitely. You know, we we're we're a team. You know, and um, it, it's just like uh, you know, I went out with Jake um, Jake Ellenberger for his last fight in Utica. Was out there with Tom and Cub uh, and TJ last time when he fought in New York. And, you know, it's, just, it's part of the process. You know, you 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 spent the blood, uh, blood and sweat and uh, tears with them during the training, um, the the fight weeks, the treat. You know, and um, and it's just the final walk down before you get into the cage. It's just uh, you, you need your companionship there, and um, that that's what we are here at the training lab. We we're, we're companions. We we go to war together, and uh, we we're with each other to the end. Right, you go, you go, you go to war with each other in the in the training room. You go to war with each other, uh, you know, to the battle itself, and then you guys get to reap the rewards together as well. It's a beautiful thing, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, especially with him and Cub on the same night, you know. So it's it's awesome. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just just the type of person TJ is too. You know, he's just like, uh, you know, when when I had found out about my daughter, I said, "Hey, I'm a." Uh, uh, I'm going to be running a little bit late. I, I'm, I'm dealing with some stuff with Bobby. And he's like, dude, I'll take you up right now to go get her if we need to. You know, let, let's go. And uh, he was going to drop everything he had going on to, uh, you know, help me out with my daughter. And then I said, well, let me see what, what's going on with her and make sure she's all right. So, uh, you know, it was just it was just nice to know that the world champ would, would drop whatever he had just to help, help me out with my family, you know. Absolutely, man. You guys are, you guys are brothers, man, like you said. Brothers for sure. Yeah. All right, well, all right, Juan, as always, man, you've been more than generous with your time, and we greatly appreciate it. Just a couple more questions here for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, I know we discussed you know, the possibility of you dropping down, staying at 145, but if if you were to fight either champion right now, Pitbull or Caldwell, how confident are you that you'd get the win? I'm confident in, in both, you know. I, I'm very confident in our game planning very confident in our training to get there um I, I i think i think both i i know i come out victorious you know um it's gonna it'll i would love to take it into deep waters and um just show everyone my my talent and um you know those are the kind of those are the kind of fights that scare you you know and that drive you to, sh- to show up to the gym every day and make sure you're doing everything the right way no matter what um that way you leave no if factors um I think both those fights give me up and give me to be the uh, and uh, fans will really get to see what Juan Archuleta is made of and uh, you know I'll, I'll have to dig deep in both fights but I know I come out victorious. All right, so just to recap, you're hoping for August. Uh, you're hoping to drop down to 135, but we could possibly see you stay at 145 as well. Yeah, definitely. This next fight, I think I'll, I will be staying at uh, 145. Actually, I know I, I will be. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to lay out one more fight for 145 before I make the drop down to 135. Okay. And, and August is, is the target date. Yeah. August 17th at, uh, in South Dakota. Okay. Cool, man. Cool. That's two falls. 
All right, man. So anything you think we missed or anything you wanted to get off your chest today? No, man. I just want to thank, uh, you know, the team, my family, and, you know, everyone that's been supporting me uh, since day one. I want to thank you for having me on my on your show. It's awesome. You know, the, 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 um, the, the work I've been putting in has been paying dividends and uh, to be on your guys' show and be, um, you know, since the beginning, I, it's truly humbling and I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I just want to thank all my sponsors, Boost Mobile, Snyder Services, uh, Steve Martin with Legacy, um, you know, Elite Sports USA, just uh, Virus, and just all those guys that make, make things happen, you know, it's just, it, it's, it makes my, my life easier when I get the support of, uh, of a team behind me, uh, you know, environment, uh, quality environmental, that was the deal with the mask and the, and the hard hat that I had on that night was, uh, you know, they took care of me, and so I wanted to walk out with their logo because I thought it was a cool logo. And so uh, the guy got it ready for me and got to walk out and put it on after the fight. Um, it was pretty cool, you know. And I just thank Bellator for letting us be ourselves in, in in the organization. You know, they don't they don't care who you are as long as you're yourself. You know, they're gonna they're 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 gonna love it. They're gonna support it. And um, you know, the team there that gets things done, their social media crew, they did an awesome job helping us promote ourselves and uh, making sure we were on our game and, uh, you know, just followed up with everything to make sure we're doing the right things to promote ourselves. They spent countless hours helping promote us and, uh, you know, all the fans that showed up, I, I appreciate them too. Uh, you know, it's just, it's an honor fighting on the home, home crowd and just having everyone there supporting, grooving and my brothers and my sister and my nieces, nephews, and everyone, my mom and dad and my wife there to their support is just awesome and priceless. Yeah, I got to tell you, man, I, I actually meant to ask you about that, the whole thing with the with the gas mask and the hard hat. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's pretty cool, though, man. Like you said, I, I talk about it on the show all the time that the sport is all about character, so it's nice to know that, that Bellator truly is embracing that. And it, it was almost reminiscent of, like, Yankee Sudo, that interest, and, you know, like, with the whole get-up <laughs> yeah. and everything. It was really cool stuff, man. So I look forward to the next yeah. one. I greatly appreciate all the love and support you give us, man. It's certainly reciprocal. Uh, I found that this business is all about relationships. So, you know, the better relationships that we can have with, with very talented guys like yourself, I, I'm very grateful for that as well. Um, oh, yeah. I, I'm certainly yeah, looking like to have Eager there, um, you know, uh, Kate Side and Dan Anderson and Hans Bowling Camp, you know, after the fight, they, they all came up to me and they were just like, dude, that was so awesome, you know, and it's just like, for the pioneers of the sport to come up and tell you that is just, it's, it's cool, you know, and then, and then um, you know, especially for BJ, because BJ's, you know, just a, uh, um, a good friend and just a lifelong favorite fighter, as well as Dan Henderson coming out of Victorville, and, um, you know, to hit him with that, that overhand right at the end, uh, just happy and um, ecstatic about it is awesome. <laughs> right you hit a, hit him with yeah. an h-bomb in front of hendo yeah i saw the picture i saw the picture of you and hans and bj and and dan that must have been really cool man to share share that moment with those guys yeah absolutely it, it just like reinstills like confidence in yourself you know that um being yourself and being who you are um it, it's okay you know you don't have to change your personality um just to try to get a couple of extra fans or make a couple extra bucks, it's a lot easier just to be yourself and um, and, and, and get because and, people truly know who you are and you become true friends, you know. And it's just it's awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, again, man, I, I greatly appreciate the time. I'm certainly looking forward to the next fight. All the future has in store. 
Always an absolute pleasure speaking with you, brother, and I know we'll catch up again soon. Uh, much love, Juan. Have a great 4th of July, right, my sir. man. And uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. talk again soon, brother. Oh, yeah. Happy Independence to uh, all your fans as well. Thanks for all your fans for tuning in. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much, buddy. You have a good day. All right. You too. All right, guys, you heard it here first. BJPenn.com radio. Juan Archuleta plans to take on James Gallagher in the near future to determine the number one contender for Bellator's 135-pound title. That would be a tremendous fight. I look forward to it. And honestly, if you guys didn't see that finish over the weekend at Bellator 201, you need to go take a look. After hearing the stuff you went through mentally going into this fight, just hours before walking into a cage to throw down with another guy that wants to take your head off, you find out some traumatic news about your daughter, and then you still go in there and have a great performance. Man, Juan really is something special. I look forward to the next fight. And again, big shout out to him for all the love and support. We've always got his back. We'll certainly have him back on very soon indeed. But let's keep it rolling like we always do. Coming up next, UFC bantamweight, fan favorite, a guy that always leaves it all inside the octagon when he competes. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, Brian Keller. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show UFC bantamweight slugger, the man they call Boom, Brian Kelleher. Thanks for joining us today, Brian. Where are you calling us from today, man? What's going on? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm from Long Island, so I'm out here in Selden, Long Island right now. Putting in some work at the Bomb Squad on this hot and humid day? No, actually, I used to train up with Team Bomb Squad. That was upstate Mythica when I first started my pro career. Now I'm down on the island uh, training at Long Island MMA and uh, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, nice, man. Uh, any, any Eddie Bravo affiliate is a damn good gym to be at, right? Yeah, exactly, and it's a fairly new gym, so it was uh, it was something new that I started working with, uh, like you know, I'd say like four months ago or so, and those guys have been a great help. So, without a doubt, he's uh, had him on the show many times. He's an innovator in jujitsu, to say the least, and uh, very cool stuff to hear, man. So let's jump right into it. You know, you're coming off of a hard fought loss against John Lineker back at UFC 224. I know based on your social media, it seems like you were pretty hard on yourself after the fight. Now that you had some time to reflect, you know, give us your thoughts on your performance. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, looking back on the fight, it's uh, my performance wasn't so bad. Uh, I I feel like I performed well. I could have done better, obviously, but um, he's a hard guy to fight, and uh, with, with his power, I think it. You know, I was a little bit phased by his power. I was a little bit too cautious in there about getting caught, and I think it took away from from my game a little bit. But, uh, you know, yeah, it was pretty hard on myself because it's just tough to deal with when you believe in yourself so much. And, you know, coming off that big win against Barrow, I really felt like I was, you know, on my way to the title and uh, and nothing was going to stop me. So, you know, I had a hard time dealing with it. It's it's been, you know, over a month now. I'm I'm slowly getting back to the gym, training hard again, and... um, I'm just excited about the next one now. Well, I've got to say, man, anybody that goes toe-to-toe with Lineker like you did, 
you should consider that an accomplishment in in and of itself. You know, most guys who beat him, they stay on the bicycle. They avoid the exchanges. You also fought him in hostile territory as well. You know, I believe that Lineker himself said he was surprised that he even got the finish. You must have taken some positives away from the fight, right? Yeah, you know, you have to take some positives away, too. You can't just be down on yourself. It's just uh, hard to deal with loss as a, as a fighter who believes in himself. But as far as positives go, you know, like you said, I, I was in there exchanging with, you know, number five in the world, uh, one of the best fighters in the UFC in my weight class. So, uh, you know, I, I, I almost went the distance. I, I put it, you know, I put in some good good exchanges in there. I think I caught him with a couple of good shots as well. And um, it wasn't like he dominated the whole fight. I think he just had the edge as far as cage control goes. And, uh, you know, he, he threw a little bit more activity than I did. But you know, I took a lot of positives from it. I think um, my movement was pretty good in the fight. I was landing some good shots. But uh, he was just getting the better of me inside the pocket. And, uh, you know, in the end, he caught me with a shot that I didn't see. And uh, that was hard to, to deal with in itself. You know, just just my first time I, I've been knocked out in my career in like 30 fights. So I kind of had to deal with that as well, which was difficult. Well, again, man, you know, th- this this sport has a ton of ton of ups and downs. It's always a roller coaster and you just got to get back on the horse and get back to it. And on top of that, man, you know you've been you've gone three and two in your UFC career so far. Uh, you're you're in one of the most talent-rich divisions. Needless to say, I'm sure you feel as though the best is yet to come for Boom. Yeah, you know, there's wins and losses. That's just how this game is. Uh, you know, the best guys in the world lose. I put a tweet out like that, not to say I'm comparing myself to you know the 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 world champions that are currently fighting, but. You know, it's it's like the best guys in the world lose. That's the bottom line. That's how it is. You know, no matter who it is, except for John Jones and Demetrius. I mean, you know, those guys are, are, are something different. But, uh, you know, most people have to face loss in this sport and, and come back from it. And uh, it's how you deal with it. And, I, and right now I feel motivated. Uh, I'm training really hard in the gym. Uh, I can feel that fire, you know, coming alive inside me. And I feel like... You know, you get burnt out a little bit in this sport, you know, back-to-back-to-back fights. I, I, I like to stay active, but I needed a little bit of a break uh, to start to enjoy training again, and I found that. So, uh, you know, just looking forward from here on out. Yeah, I talk to I talk about that with a lot of people that I end up interviewing, about how that passion, that, that fire, you know, like you said, when you compete so often – it takes that it takes away from that fire and sometimes it takes a little bit a little bit time off a little bit of reinventing to really find that passion again and 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 that thirst that you know initially got you into the sport and and craving uh greatness as you know getting a title yeah exactly i'm a, i'm a very like psychological person i think a lot so for me i i've thought about that a lot like what did i feel like when I was fighting those guys before I got in the UFC to get myself to the UFC. Like, what, what, what was that feeling I had? I had this crazy fire in me, you know? I, I was loving training. I was, I was uh, you know, putting in a lot of the extra time. And, um, you know, I feel like along the way somewhere I got comfortable and I, you know, I, I'm living my dream. I'm in the UFC. I'm fighting these guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm fighting hard. I'm leaving my heart in the cage. But I feel like there's just something different as far as the motivation in training, you know. And, uh, you know, there's there's a different motivation when you're when you're struggling to get to that point than when you're there already, you know. So I, I feel like this loss, I, one positive I could take from it is that now I found that again. Uh, to get back on my feet, get that passion going, and like really enjoy learning again, 
and getting better because training for fights is different than when you're just training to learn and taking your time. You know, there, there's a different intensity leading up to a fight, and uh, it takes away a lot of the time to, to actually evolve and get better. Absolutely, man. I was actually just talking uh, about this with uh, Yancey Medeiros last week. You know, it, it, unfortunately, fans in this sport are pretty rough. You're only as good as your last fight, which is very unfair for everything that you guys go through. But it drives me nuts to see the keyboard warriors and everybody that thinks they know what they're talking about when they've never once in their life stepped into the cage. And the reality of it is, like he was talking about, you know, you spend so much time months on end preparing for a guy that you know is on the on the other side of the world or wherever they may be training to take your head off. And, and the intensity and... All of the things that go along with that, man, that, that's it's incomparable. And most people have no idea what that experience is like. So it, it, it's, it weighs heavy on the, on the mind for sure. Yeah, 100%. It's hard to deal with, you know, because you, you, you kind of have to tell yourself, like, you kind of have to just find acceptance. Like, it's going to happen. There's haters out there no matter what. You could be, you know, you could be knocking everyone's head off and someone's going to have something bad to say. So it's like you just kind of have to find an acceptance to it. Let it, you know, have thick skin. Let it just you know, pass by and, and don't really get hooked on it too hard because, you know, you can't focus on the negatives. I mean, it's always going to be there. You just got to kind of like dust it off and, and, and keep moving forward. And that's that's what's going to make you is, is how you react to loss and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure, man. I think every fighter uh, should, should take that advice of trying to get some thick skin because, you know, sometimes you see a lot of sensitivity in the sport. But uh, so what's next for you, man? When would you like to get back to action? And do you have any ideas on an opponent? You know, for me, my manager and me, we, we recently spoke, and uh, I think he's in the works with something. I, I can't really say specifically. I'm actually not even sure 100% who the matchup is with, but, uh, you know, I, I would like to get back in there by the end of August, maybe early September. I don't want to rush back in there, you know, coming off a, a, a knockout like that. I, I don't know really how long I should wait. I personally feel great right now. Uh, I've had no, you know, negative symptoms or anything like that. Um, you know, I just started drill sparring a little bit, getting touched a little just to, you know, feel things and, and get, get my confidence back going with that. And I feel good so far. Um, you know, as far as staying in shape, I'm always training twice a day. I'm, I'm dedicated to the sport, whether I have a fight or not. So I'm always ready to take opportunities when they come. Uh, it's really just up to what they offer and when they offer it. I'm ready to go, you know, a, 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 as soon as the end of August, I'd say. Uh, how long was your medical suspension after the fight with Lineker? You know, they said it was 90 days, I believe. And I think that leaves uh, up until August 12th. So I think, I think the end of August, I would be cleared to fight. Okay, okay. So obviously that makes sense timetable-wise. I know you can't talk to us much about you know the inner workings of what's going on in regards to, to getting an opponent, but in your own personal opinion, what matchup makes the most sense for you at this point? You know, it's tough because for me, I feel like when you come off a loss, you know, like you really have no say. And like you said, I mean, even with the business and not just the random fans, like you're, you're as good as your last fight. So it's like... Whatever the UFC offers, I say yes. You know what I mean? Like, I just, for me, I just need to get a win, get the next contract, get a new three fight deal, and then we can start calling some guys out. I just feel like when you lose, you really have no power to say who you want to fight or who you should fight. Um, to me personally, I got moved up really fast. I fought Burrell. Now I fought Lineker. He's number five. 
as far as the rankings go, I would like to stay relevant. I would like to fight someone in the top 15 if I could. But if that's not the case, I'm not going to be mad. I'll, I'll take anybody they offer. What's most important to me is getting a win next and, and, and putting on a really good performance and making myself relevant again. Absolutely. Get back on the horse, back on the grind, and continue to progress up the ladder and get towards that ultimate goal of becoming a champion. Uh, but, you know, the UFC is supposed to be returning to Madison Square Garden if, in November, if I'm not mistaken. I know you'd love to be a part of another card in New York, but it sounds like that's too long to wait for you. Man, I'll tell you what, I need redemption in New York. Uh, that, that that first fight at the Coliseum, I didn't even get to perform, you know, for my fans. I got caught early in the first round. Uh, I really want to fight here again just to write that loss off. Uh, I would love to participate in that in that November card. The only thing that's tough is if I don't fight late August, it's looking like I'm not going to be able to, you know, get on that card unless I wait it out that long. But that's like, for me, that's too long of a wait. I really don't want to wait till November. Um, I, the latest I, w- I would like to wait is, is September, you know. And um, if I can hopefully get something at the end of August, get a good win, I feel like I can possibly still get on that card. Yeah, for sure, man. And I understand you have such a small window in this game. You got to take advantage of all the opportunities that come up and maximize your time in the sport. So I completely agree with you. Uh, But as I mentioned earlier, you know, the bantamweight division is full of killers. You hold a win over the former champion in Henan Barrow. That being said, you know, where do you think you stack up against the rest of the elite at 135? You know, I think I stack up really well with the top guys. You know, I just have to get back in there and prove it now. I think I kind of proved it with, with fighting Lineker. You know, uh, uh, the, the fights, you know, the fight was a pretty competitive fight, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think he outclassed me by any means. He just hits hard, and he caught me in the right spot in the third round. And uh, I was actually coming alive in that round. You know, I feel like the third round is usually my best round. I was starting to throw a little bit more activity out there. I was starting to let go of my jab. I was sticking jabs and, uh, I, I was having success in that round, but he caught me, you know, and he's one of the best fighters in the world. I think the only fighter to really beat him and dominate him is the current champ Dillashaw. So, um, you know, I, I think I just need to keep fighting guys in the top 15, top 10 and, and prove myself again, which I will do. And then, uh, we'll go from there. You know, we'll start calling out the, uh, the top, top guys again. Yeah. Like I said earlier, man, you, you, while that is a loss, you really, you really impressed a lot of people in that fight. So I, I think that again, you know, while it is a, while it is an L on the record, man, I, I think, uh, at the end of the day, it, it did move up your stock and, you know, it did good things for your career, but, you know, you mentioned the champion, TJ Dillashaw. We've got this title fight coming up, the rematch of Dillashaw and Garbrandt. Who are you picking in that one? Yeah, uh, I, I'm excited to see that fight. I'm actually going to go to California um, towards the end of this month and, and get some training in with one of those guys. Kind of sucks. I got an opportunity to train with both of them, and I have to I have to pick. So uh, my coach is, is, is uh, you know, he's friendly with Dwayne, so I think we're going to, you know, stick to that the training lab over there in California and get some training. Uh, you know, uh, it'll be nice to see uh, someone preparing for a title fight and, and being in the mix in the training training room I have to go with Dillashaw I I think he's the more well-rounded fighter I think he has just a little bit more tools I will say that that Garbrandt's probably the more dangerous fighter as far as one shot power goes but uh Dillashaw is a really well-rounded smart fighter uh I think he's well trained and I think uh he has a lot of confidence going into this fight being with how the first fight went so uh, I gotta go with Dillashaw 
Well, I got to tell you, man, uh, hearing hearing your choice, I think, you know, nothing against Garbrand or his camp or Team Alpha Male, anything like that, but I think what TJ has going on at the training lab right now is something really special. Cub Swanson, Juan Archuleta, it's a room full of very talented guys. They've got Sam Calvita, you know, cutting edge of, of, of science when it comes to athletics. So I think that would be a great move, not to mention Dwayne Ludwig, good friend of the show and one of the most brilliant minds in the sport. So I think it'd be very beneficial for you to for you to make that move over there. Would that be uh, hopefully something that, that you would uh, pursue going forward as, as maybe training partners or would this just be like a one and done? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's kind of hard because, like, you, you, the guy's the champion in my weight class. So, like, the way you view it, you're like, well, I want to fight this guy eventually. But you can't look at it like that. You kind of have to live in the present moment. So, right now, I'm where I'm at. You know, had I beat Lineker, maybe I, I wouldn't do this because I'd be really close to this title shot. But I lost to Lineker, so I kind of have to reset myself. And I think I need to do what's best for me with training and get out there and explore and see how champions are training and see how this gym is is coming along and everything so yeah i'm really excited i mean to be honest i looked up to dillashaw before i was in the ufc i loved his style and how he evolved as a fighter and uh i took a lot from his game and i applied it to my style and um you know i'm really excited to 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 train alongside with him get some rounds in with him see how i i uh stack up with the with those guys and um yeah i mean if if all goes smooth you never know it could be something that becomes a permanent move for me i'm willing to to do anything to be the best fighter i could be absolutely you got to take those opportunities as they come and and do what's best for you in your career uh, but in regards to contendership right now, you know, do you feel like there's a clear contender for the next shot at the belt? You know, TJ said that he wants to fight Cruz. If they can't make the fight with Mighty Mouse happen, obviously you got Marlon. He wants the title fight. A Sun Sal's right there as well. Do you see any clear contender for for the next, uh, you know, next shot at the title after this fight with Garbrandt and Dillashaw? Yeah, it's kind of tough. You know, we have to see how the fight plays out. I feel obviously if, if Garbrandt wins, they're going to throw it back and, and have a trilogy fight, you know, and uh, probably do another rematch, which kind of sets the division back again. Right. Um, which is tough. I, and then you got, and then if Dillashaw wins, you never know. The guy might try to fight uh, Demetrius at 125 next. So that might hold up the division. We might see an interim title uh, eventually down the line. And with Cruz. Uh, I don't even think he's he's permanently said he's definitely fighting or not. I'm not too sure about him, but if he is, you got to imagine he's either waiting for this fight to play out to see what happens. Maybe he gets that Dillashaw fight next, or uh, maybe he fights the number one contender. Maybe they they match up uh, Cruz against Marias for a number one contender fight. It's really confusing right now. What's going to happen? I guess we have to see it all play out first. You know. Right. Right. Absolutely. Speaking of Mighty Mouse, man, did you really have the nickname Mighty Mouse at one point? Where did that come from? Oh my god, shit is hilarious, man. They uh, <laughs> some, some some fan was like, uh, some fan just commented on one of my pictures. Was like, you look like Mighty Mouse. He's like, I got a new nickname, Whitey Mouse, for you. And I I just started laughing. I thought it was hilarious. So uh, I started like messing around, throwing it out there. And it's kind of true. We have like the same kind of. Uh, you know, shaped head and like the ears and everything. We, you know, so I I understood where they were coming from. It was pretty funny though. But I was like, ah, I can't change my nickname now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. When I read that, I mean, I've always known you as Boom, but when I saw that, I I chuckled myself. So definitely very funny stuff there. 
Uh, but, you know, speaking of which, man, I personally feel like, you know, you have a growing following. The fans really seem to like you. You've been doing a good job of marketing yourself so far. You know, how important is it for you and up-and-coming fighters like yourself to, to get that following and that fan base these days? You know, it seems like that's the easiest way to get in the, get ahead in the UFC now. Yeah, 100%. And there, there, there's really no exact way to do it. That's that's the hard thing. It's like nobody, nobody teaches you how to do this. It's kind of like business. I mean, you have to promote. You have to market yourself. You have to network with different people. And I feel like it's... It's always something I could do better at. You know, it's hard. You, you know, you, you might want to start a podcast. You might you you gotta hustle. You gotta you gotta get out there and talk to fans. You gotta uh, travel the world and train with other fighters who have big followings and get on their Instagram and then take pictures with those people. Like anything helps. You know. So for me, I just try to do whatever I can, uh, but but also keep it genuine and be myself. I'm just not the type of person to be like trying to make friends with everybody just because it might help my. Fan base, you know, it's it's hard. So you gotta uh, pick and choose what you want to do to to get your name to get bigger. And uh, I think uh, you know, try to break down fights and put out some YouTube videos and training videos and just stay active on social media. Pretty much is, is a big thing. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Uh, you know, marketing is is a huge part of this, and the, and the more content, the better. But I also agree with you that that it needs to be genuine. Um, you know, we, we see a lot of that. Don't get me wrong. The bad guy thing works for a lot of guys and a lot of guys, it doesn't work for them. But at the same time, regardless, it's got to be genuine. The fans can kind of see through that. So I agree with you hundred percent there. Uh, tell me about the rapping, man. Is that something you've always been into? The, uh, the writing you said, or I, I, I see, I saw you were, uh, were, uh, dropping some bars on, on some videos there. Yeah, you know what, man? I, I've been writing for years. Uh, it's just something I do as a hobby, like kind of therapeutic, you know, uh, just to use my brain a little bit and get creative. Uh, I, I have like probably like 20 pages of, of just straight freehand writing rhymes uh, and I just kind of have fun with it. I throw a beat up on YouTube and I rap a little bit and record some videos. You know, I, I actually really would love to get in the studio one day and, and really record like a mixtape or an album and and. and take it more serious it's just just like mma it's you know i try to use this platform to do the best i can to network and right now it's hard because when you're not the biggest name out there not many famous people really care about you but if you become a champion then there's so many famous people start to give you opportunities and, and and reach back out to you like yeah man come by like I'm waiting for that opportunity because I really want to get in the studio. It's funny. I was actually just recently uh, tweeting with Tyrone Woodley because he's he's coming up with an album supposedly with uh, Wiz Khalifa helped him or something. So I was like, yeah, it must be nice to be friends with Wiz. You know, like that's an easy in right there. But uh, I don't know. I would would love to uh, start making music for real. It's just I have to find a producer and get in the studio, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Um, I think that. It, it, I agree with you, right? You have to you have to get with, with somebody that's a big name, but not necessarily, man. There's so many talented people out there that just haven't made uh, you know, made that noise yet and, and, and got that recognition. But I think it would be really cool for you know, obviously you say Tyron's in the works of dropping an album, but hey man, get out there before him. Be the first MMA fighter to drop an album. That would be dope. Yeah, definitely. I think you know, I just gotta uh network and, and meet the right person that i can you know have because uh, the producing is the hard part like i don't know much about that using the the system to make it sound crystal clear good quality sound 
but I I write so much that I have so many so much writing I could probably publish uh, all my writing and, and and try to do something with it you know and at least try to uh, come up with some kind of some book or, or something with all the writing that I've done you know I got I definitely should uh, take it more serious. Well, I tell you, man, I got a lot of friends that that are into music, and and that's one of the things that I stress to the most. You know, the stuff I learned in college is it comes down to mastering. You need audio engineers, people that really know what they're doing when it comes to putting a track together, mixing it properly, mastering it properly. Because, you know, I've, I've got buddies that are great on guitars, and they like to think that their recordings sound awesome. And I'm like, dude, if you actually got in a studio with somebody that, that knew what they were doing, it would make a huge difference. So uh, that's something cool that could be on the horizon for you, man. I really look forward to that. But real quick off topic here. Uh, what do you make of the UFC moving the weigh-ins back to the afternoon? I seem to hear like an even split on, you know, uh, for and against it. Where do you stand on it? Yeah, I was just recent, recently talking about this. I feel like um, the morning weigh-ins are definitely more healthy for the fighter as far as the brain goes and the fluid in the brain and rehydration and stuff like that. Uh, supposedly, there's some study out there that says you, you, you need at like around 72 hours to fully you know, recover from, from weight cutting like that for your brain. So it's like, to know that I'm like, man, I'm all about morning weigh-ins. I mean, I never had a a problem with it. I never struggled with it. So I like the morning weigh-ins for myself. Uh, as a fan of the sport, I do remember really enjoying watching guys face off when they were on weight and you wanted to see that mental warfare and how they looked when they cut the weight and how the face off was and everything. I thought that brought like good drama to the sport and I miss those old weigh in days with the shows like that. But, uh, man, it's all about the health of the fighters. So I got to go with the morning weigh ins. I think 99% of the fighters are, are in agree in agreement with that. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Valentina Shevchenko had said something to me earlier this week. She said, why not just have, uh, you know, the ceremonial weigh-in, but if you want to weigh in earlier on, j- just let the fighters do that. Because like you're talking about, everything that we're learning about hydration and making sure that the brain is hydra- hydrated, it sounds so crucial in a sport where, you know, you get concussed every time you go out there almost. So uh, very important stuff. And, and all the science that we're learning, man, you know, uh, CTE and all that, it, it seems like a, a slippery slope for the UFC to be playing on. But at the same time, I get what you're saying with the tension of of the of the weigh-in, seeing the guys that you know both dehydrated and drained, and the tension that that brings for that stare down, um, it's just tough, man. I I wish that they would would not do this, but at the same time, you just kind of got to go along with what the boss man says, right? Yeah, it's tough because it's like they're gonna make the rules, and you just gotta follow them. I mean, not one not one single fighter is going to be able to change the whole system, you know? So it's like, as fighters, we really all need to be on the same page for something to change and for us to take the same action. But uh, that's just not the case, you know? It's like the power is is, uh, is with, uh, you know, Dana White and the top guys making the, the decisions for them. And uh, we'll see what he does. I mean, hopefully he listens to the fighters and he lets us have a say because all the fighters I've heard so far are, are about the morning weigh-ins, and I, I agree with you. If you want to leave it up to the fighter to come at 4 o'clock and, and weigh in then, if he needs more time that day, then, yeah, by all means, let him do it. But uh, I think that's more of a commission issue. I, I don't think the commission wants to be, you know, available all day. You know, I feel like they want to get it done at a certain time, and that's it, and they don't want to have to be, like, you know, there in the morning, then there at night. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but we'll see what happens. Right, right. 
All right, listen, man, you've been more than generous with your time. Just a couple more questions here for you. Uh, so realistically, how should how soon should we expect to have a fight announced for you? You know, I, I, I really feel like something's on the horizon. I, I, I would say probably within the next couple of weeks, I'll have something to, uh, you know, that, that I could probably announce. You know, obviously the UFC likes to announce it first, but my manager did call me. He threw out a couple options, and uh, I just say yes pretty much. And, and uh, I told him, you know, late August is the earliest that I would like to get back in there. Uh, so yeah, hopefully he calls me within the next couple of weeks and we have something to, to let out to the fans. Awesome, man. And, and do you think you can break into the top 10 before the end of the year? And, and for that matter, how many times would you like to realistically compete before the end of 2018? You know, I, I would like two more fights if I could, uh, that would be perfect, uh, to finish out the year. Um, as long as I'm healthy, I like to stay active. That's just how I am. I mean, I'm 32 coming up in August. I, you know, I'm in the prime right now in my career, I believe. So at, right now, it's time to fight. You know, I need to, you know, if I'm healthy, just put me in there. I'm training twice a day. I'm sacrificing everything for this sport. Uh, I'm selfish with my time. I put it all into the, into training. So. Uh, I would like to fight two more times. We'll see what happens. It, it's tough, man, because with the rankings, I'm not really too sure like how strong the rankings are, what they really mean these days. You know, it's more about following, in my opinion. I feel like that gets you more more uh, say. So we'll see what happens because you know if they give me a a guy who's unknown and unranked, I look at it as well. I just need to fight whoever right now and get a win, and that's the last fight on my deal. And that'll get me a new contract, and then we can start calling out who we want from there. That's one option. And then another option is, well, I just fought number five in the world. I, f I lost to John Lineker, you know, in the third round. Why should I fight someone who's completely unknown, unranked, if I could fight a number 13, 14 guy and, and put myself right back in, in line, you know? Right. It's tough, man. And like you said, the rankings don't make a whole hell of a lot of sense and the voting panel, the people on the voting panel. I mean, that's a, that's a whole screw job in itself. We could talk about for hours, but uh, listen, man, in conclusion, what can all the Brian Boone Kelleher fans expect from you in your next fight? You know, in my next fight, I think you, you could expect a guy who, who, who has forgotten that he's even made it to the UFC and he's trying to, to, to stay in the UFC, you know, trying to, get redemption for himself, you know, from, from the last fight. I, I truly believe I'm the best in the world. I truly believe I can be there and be, become a world champion. So I have to just prove that with my next fight, you know, and uh, put on the performance of a lifetime. I'm training like I, I know I'm going to do that. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get back in there and show the world. All right, I got to say, man, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today, Brian. I look forward to the next fight, and hopefully we can catch up again soon. Uh, any shout-outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go? Yeah, we got some sponsors. Of course, uh, we were talking about CT. I got my, my CBD over here from the Turp House. Uh, those guys have been helping me out a lot. Uh, I take the CBD oil. I got CBD gum and lotions and all that stuff, and that's been great. Uh, we also got um, the, um, what's it called, my supplement sponsor. I'm trying to see. Uh, it's the, uh, I'm slipping up on the name right now. Um, uh, HPN, HPN. Human Performance, they're my supplement sponsor. And then uh, we got, uh, who else, the Flow Place. I've been doing the Flow Tanks and um, Cryology, Vita Cryotherapy as well. Cool, man. I got to tell you, I talk to a lot of fighters these days that are doing the CBD thing. 
I think it's very beneficial for all you athletes and a wise move on yourself to, to get involved with that. I think that that'll probably be the next, uh, the next cutting edge, uh, you know, uh, facet that the fighters go to, to, to recover and, and, uh, do everything they can for their bodies. But listen again, man, I, I greatly appreciate the time. It has been an awesome conversation. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as well. And, and I hope we can catch up again soon. You have a wonderful day, my friend. Yeah. Thanks a lot. And also I messed up before on the letters, the supplement sponsors, MHP, my bad. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. MHP shout out to those guys. And, uh, thanks a lot for the time. I really appreciate it. All right, brother. You have a wonderful day, man. All right, you too. Have a good one. Later. How awesome would it be for Brian Kelleher to release an album, get some features on there from Tyron Woodley, and a bunch of other UFC athletes? I think I'd buy it. But seriously, very much looking forward to his next fight. Very talented guy. Like I said, always leaves it all inside the octagon. You heard him talk about getting that fire back, feeling like he did when he first started competing in mixed martial arts. That's very encouraging to hear, and I'm sure his next fight is going to reflect that as well. I personally believe he deserves a top 15 guy, but you heard it there from the man himself. He'll take a fight with anybody at this point, work his way back up towards that title, which he believes he is more than capable of capturing. But let us roll forward. Let's move on. Coming up next, the first half of the Muay Thai sisters, the MMA sisters, if you will, a pair of sisters that are likely going to take over the UFC women's flyweight division in no time flat. A woman who many believe is the uncrowned champion in the women's flyweight division. Yet another good friend of BJPenn.com. This is the fighter's voice, BJPenn.com radio. Coming up next, the bullet herself, Valentina Shevchenko. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the number one contender in the women's flyweight division and a woman who many believe is the uncrowned champ already, the bullet herself, Valentina Shevchenko. Thanks again for joining us, Valentina. Where are you calling us from today? Um, hello, Jason. Uh, now we are in Las Vegas, and um, we finished our training camp at the Nina Ford, and we are still here, like, ju- just enjoying the uh, the nature around here. Yeah, I saw you were uh, down at a river recently, getting the you know getting in a swim and and whatnot. You're always on the move. It seems you, you guys like to do a lot of traveling. Yes, it is. This is uh, our lifestyle because we are not sitting in one place never and trying to explore as much as we can. And of course, the like the uh, the big part of our life it's uh, water. I say I I would say so doesn't matter maybe it's lake river or ocean but it has to be somewhere uh, by the water <laughs> that's awesome i'm from uh, i'm from rhode island there's a lot of uh, beaches around here so i can totally relate there's nothing better than the ocean <laughs> i totally agree <laughs> all right so listen as always there's much to discuss uh but let's start with this inevitable title fight uh nico has said that Uh, She will be ready for September 8th at UFC 228. You've said that uh, you're going to remain skeptical until the contract is actually signed. Has there been any update on this fight becoming official? So no updating yet. Um, The last information this is like we have. So she said she's ready for September 8th. I said, yes, okay, let's do it. 
but uh, like I say, I cannot believe just in words because already she said once that she's ready for July 7 and when you see uh, go back, uh, went back to her and say, okay, let's do it July 28, she said no. Uh, it's like, um, I don't know if you are saying July 7, but then they are giving you some extra time for preparation. And then you said, okay, I'm, I, I look like I'm not ready. Hopefully this time for September 8, it will be, if she says that she's back for the training, she's actually ready for the fight. So hopefully it will be till the end, like she's saying, and just waiting there, like uh, when you see we'll get the um, location for their event, and we will have our like agreement to sign, and we will start uh, to do our preparation and just do our job, our work, and make the fight happen. Now, I know you were pretty bummed out at the idea that you could have fought on International Fight Week, right? Yes. So that I, I know that's a shame. Obviously, it's one of the biggest cards of the year. Uh, but, you know, September, that, that that's only around the corner at this point. You've been campaigning for this fight uh, since your win back at UFC Bellum in February. Nico said she needed the surgery, and, and she got very defensive when she was accused of avoiding the fight with you. Uh, do you believe that, that she needed the surgery as much as, as she said she did in this, a time, this time to address the injuries? Or, or do you truly feel as though she's been ducking you? I really don't know because we we are we don't know all circumstances that uh, she has. Maybe yes, maybe she actually was needed the surgery, maybe not. But anyway, like this kind of surgery, like I know they take out tonsils, it's not a big deal. And uh, like how I know, after two weeks, you already can can be back to the gym and go back to the trainings and you will still have three months to, for, to prepare for the fight. But uh, now we have like, um, how many, two months before September 8, a little bit uh, more. And um, yeah, like you are saying, this is time to go back to the gym and train it. This is like what I think that um, if you are ready, you are ready. If you are not, you have to agree that you are not. Right, right, right. Now, uh, when is the absolute latest that you and your team are expecting to have this contract signed by? Um, I actually don't know because, I, like I know, uh, it's only one point. In, one point is missing about this, like contract, its location for the event. Right. And as soon uh, as you see, we'll get some updates. We will go, and uh, I hope it will be. Uh, it will happen very fast and quick. Just send in the agreement, signed, and in the same seconds, it will be like official. Now, are you are you just treating this as if the fight is going to be live for September eighth? Will you start a training camp soon? I, you know, I never was uh, stopping my training. I after the fight, I had like one week of rest, and I get back to the training, and I was preparing for my sister to her fight in the, that was recently 26th of June. Right. So, so I every time was in shape. I and now I'm in shape, so I. Uh, don't have to start it over my training camp because I already in not bad shape and of course for the fight I have to make some adjustment in like uh, like for the fight camp but it's uh, not a big something big and very hard so it's uh, actually all the same that I was doing every time okay okay 
Now, I know we've discussed this before, but, you know, give us your thoughts on Nico as a martial artist. Do you respect her skills? And do you think she poses poses any challenges for you in competition? Uh, you know, like I say every time, I'm not expecting easy fight from no one. And uh, I will be preparing for this fight as same strong as I did for each my fight. And uh, actually, I'm not believing easy fights. For have easy fights, you have to prepare as strong as you can. This is what I will do. And doesn't matter if it will be Nico or someone else. I every time will be training, like uh, putting everything from me to do it as best as I can. This is my like uh, um, like style of thinking about preparation, about training, about everything. And uh, like giving some uh, thoughts about her style, about her martial artist, I don't want. Just only one thing that I want from her is to see her inside the octagon September 8th. This is it. Now, the last time you and I spoke, I had asked you about how long you're willing to wait for Nico before you end up taking another fight to stay active. September's going to be seven months since you last fought. If for any reason she pulls out of this fight or September 8th is not the date and she wants to prolong it, are you willing to wait longer for Nico or would you take a fight in that scenario? Actually, um, you know, I don't see that you see the let her do things like this because it's not it has how it's supposed to be. Because if you are uh, like holding the belt for the moment and you cannot defend it, you cannot do nothing because I don't know what uh, reason, um, health issues or whatever, um, you have to uh, like agree with this and... Um, do something just not say like okay i will hold it forever you cannot do and i'm not see that you see you let her do this thing so um it will be a long time enough since since her fight and uh, um i don't see that she will have any options just accept the fight and if she will not accept the fight i think it will be not very good things for her yeah, so you believe that the not only will the UFC pressure her into taking the fight for September 8th, it's been enough time, it's time to defend the title, but if for any reason she says no to that, you believe that the UFC will go ahead and strip her or maybe uh, put you in a fight for an interim title? And actually, you know, I don't see any reason from her to say something like this because she's already said that she's healthy enough, she's uh, get back to the training and she already started her training for the fight. So I actually don't see any like reasonable reasons right, um, right. to make it happen. So you're optimistic this time around? Mm, every time. Every time I just see the things like like it uh, like it is without like uh, uh, putting some imagination or it, uh, put some emotions. No, I just see it like it is, and this is how uh, things like like uh, f- for the moment we have it. Right, right. Um, so assuming that this fight is a go for September eighth, I'm sure you'd also like to defend the title before the end of the year. I know you intend on being an active champion. You know, it's um, very early to say about this because first we have to fight for the title and the main part is uh, the victory in this fight. That's why I, uh, like, 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 you know, I never like to, um, like, plan something that it still has to be working on 
and that's why I prefer to uh, put the goal like in front of me, like a first step. And after um, make it complete, thinking about the second step. That's why for me it's like it's uh, still a little bit far. I'm focused on uh, like winning the belt, and this is for me more important than thinking about like next uh, plans that I have. Absolutely, one step at a time, right? Exactly. And all power, all thoughts, everything, all energy to this step, not putting like uh, for uh, 50% in here, another 20 in here, 30 in here. No, all, all 100 only for getting there, like what you want right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, as you mentioned, as of June 26th, uh, things became a little interesting. Your sister Antonina won the fight in dominant fashion on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. She's now in the UFC. I know you've praised her abilities all along many, time, many times on the show, um, and you've also said that she'll eventually be in the UFC. First off, what was your reaction to her victory and being awarded that contract? Oh, it's I'm so happy for her, and it's like amazing thing because she she every time she is working so hard, she's training very hard, and it was like um, for this fight she was preparing like uh, she had her long training camp, and she made her diet for 125. She uh, like uh, she has very hard discipline in this time, and uh, she did everything correct, everything right, and it was like. Like the results that all we want, uh, all we wanted, uh, like all our team, our coach, Pavel, our manager, uh, she, me, our mom, our family. So this is what exactly that uh, we was working on, and it's like it's very great feeling. And when she gets the contract, it was like wow, now finally, and like to be uh, first in the UFC history. Muay Thai sisters, sisters like uh, in UFC history, it's a very something very big and uh, exactly it's very hard to describe just in few words because it's so big and uh, I still have this feeling after the fight and I still live in that moment when the, her arms were raised to the air and she became the winner of the fight. So it sounds to me like this is like you said, you know, you've made history. You're, you're the first ever sisters in the UFC. She's finally there with you. It's all still a little overwhelming for you. I'm sorry, can you repeat the last one? Yeah, yeah, it, it just seems to me like it's still all a little overwhelming for you. Uh, yes, and it's like uh, now she, when she's in here yeah, and we are both in UFC, just waiting. And, uh, I, you know, I was asking her, like and, uh, a lot of people, they was asking her too about when she want to, uh, like, come back to the fight and uh, have her first UFC fight. And she said, like, right right, uh, right here, right now, right away, I'm ready for the fight. <laughs> and uh, she said, like, okay, maybe in the same card for September 8th. <laughs> it will be a good idea too. <laughs> right. That well, that was going to be my next question. I'm sure you're both already planning on on the possibility of being on the same card together. Yes, it will be something very that uh, we had practiced for a long time because in our Muay Thai competition, we every time was competing in the same event, and uh, we had like uh, um, a lot of times when we had to fight on the same day. Um, 
of course, at different times, and uh, every time we had the same experience. And from other part, uh, for our coach, Pavel Fedotov, it will be more easy to prepare us, because it will be like, we both will be preparing, we both will be fighting, and then everyone can rest. <laughs> and right, so, right. so he will not uh, focus on first prepare me, then prepare Antonina, then again, again, and again. So in this case, we sometimes we have a rest, but he never. And if we will fight in the same event, so everyone from us can rest for a little bit. Right, it's going to be incredibly valuable to not only train with your sister throughout a camp, be able to go hard together, but for your coaching staff as well. Uh, I, I think it would be awesome. The first ever sisters on the same card in the UFC would be truly a special moment. Uh, you've trained together all these years. Uh, you've both had extensive careers in combat sports. With her now joining uh, you in the biggest stage in mixed martial arts, do you feel like you both can take over women's MMA? Um, for sure, it's like uh, some big step for female MMA, and uh, now we can see um, how different it is now. Uh, if compared, for for example, like years ago, when I was starting my MMA fights, it was like back to 2002, three, four, five. Like in this time, it was uh, so difficult to find opponents, and it was almost impossible. And we had a few fights in MMA and more fights, of course, more opponents and Muay Thai and stand-up fight. That's why this is only one reason that, um, like, for a, a, a for about like more than some ten years, we was focused more in training on stand-up fight in Muay Thai fight. But uh, see, um, starting in two thousand, maybe nine, ten, uh, like female MMA start to develop more and more and each year it was like raising uh, up like this extremely speed and now we can see the result and it's I'm so happy for this and it's like um, this is how it should be and uh, I'm very happy that uh, like female MMA now uh, it have the same the, everything the same that uh, men's MMA Absolutely, absolutely. And like you said, this is just another step in uh, continuing to build women's mixed martial arts. So very cool stuff. I know you two would never fight each other, but I'm wondering how is this going to work in regards to the title? You know, will you vacate and move back up to bantamweight before uh, Antonina reaches contender status? Yes, we will, we will not fight each other because it's not our idea, because it's like um, we have so many other opponents to fight with, why we have to fight each other. Absolutely. No. And, uh, but uh, this is something that we definitely can figure out how to work on it and uh, of course like uh, my goal for like the nearest future fight for the title win the title and do like um, the, as much things that they can do in flyweight of course the same one it will be for Antonina but let's see like uh, for the moment when she will be like uh, in there, like I have my backup plan because, of course, uh, I cannot live uh, uh, the same in the same situation that it's right now uh, after the fight with Amanda. How it was, like the decisions the judges uh, took, and um, this is uh, definitely we have uh, unfinished business with her, and that's why we have like I have a lot of plans for how we will deal 
with this situation between me and Antonina. Okay, fair enough. I just figured that was the obvious choice. I know you said that you wanted to fight Amanda again. I just assumed that by the time Antonina reaches contender status, you would be able to vacate, go challenge her, uh, that being Amanda. But listen, something off topic here. I wanted to get your take on Dana White saying that the UFC will be going back to the afternoon weigh-ins. Uh, what was your reaction to that? Is it good or bad for the athletes? You know, for me, it's totally good. And for me, it's like it's okay because I never cut too much. Uh, in 125, I'm like I'm cutting with uh, like training camp and all diet. I already in the fight week, I'm 130 and uh, like just a few five pounds for the last day. It's totally nothing. And that's why I agree with this one. And uh, I will be happy to have back this uh, like uh, uh, this this type of weigh-ins. But uh, also, for example, it would be some of the nice idea if uh, it will be like from the morning to the afternoon. You have this all time for making your weight okay and if you are ready for the morning you can do it in the morning if you are not and you are still have to cut something you can do it afternoon so um for me it's okay and i totally agree with this uh, mind of uh, veins so that's an interesting point though i mean obviously you're saying that you have no problem making that weight at say 4 p.m uh in the afternoon but you'd also like to see the possibility of uh, being allowed to weigh in as early as whatever time in the morning, but the the cutoff time being 4 p.m. when everybody has to go on stage and weigh in. Of course, why not? It will be like uh, more easy if you are ready. You are ready. Right. If you are uh, still like cutting your weight and you have few pounds to lose, okay, you will have some extra time to uh, make it. And this is this is a good point. And um, like everyone who needs some time, they will have some time. But who are waking up in the weight, okay, they are can do their weight and uh, feel free to like to prepare for the fight. Yeah, because I think that's the big the big issue here is the is the idea of people saying staying dehydrated for so long. Uh, I know that that's uh you know the big point that all the fighters are are, are saying that are against this, but. Uh, regardless, that would be a great idea, just having a big gap of time to be able to go and weigh in. But uh, listen, Valentina, we greatly appreciate the time, as always. Just a couple more questions here for you. Getting back to the fight with Nico, I know you're always very respectful of your towards your opponents, uh, but if you could say anything to encourage her to sign that contract as soon as possible, what would it be? You know, I was, I, I looked like I was saying so much things to her, like, and on, not only me, but everyone around her, they were saying the same thing, that I don't know what, what else it can be saying in this situation. I think she's clever enough to understand everything, and um, clever enough to understand this is like her, um, uh, what she has to do because uh, she's a fighter and she uh, has to fight. That's why, like, uh, I think she understands everything and not much to say here. Right. It's uh, it's part of the job. You're a fighter. You're supposed to fight. I completely agree with you. And uh, when the fight actually happens, assuming it does go down on September 8th, how do you visualize it playing out? Will you be as dominant as you were in your last performance? Um, I will do my my same style. Um, 
using everything that can help me and uh, doesn't matter for me it will be stand up ground or whatever i will i will do my job and uh, in uh, like Every time my coach, Pavel, he's preparing me in everything uh, just to like have strong sides from everywhere. And accordingly with the uh, movement of my opponent, I will choose on the fight what uh, plan, what game I will choose. This is like uh, I was doing every time. But of course, uh, the main thing is destroy from the very very big beginning it never stopped before the very very end well we certainly look forward to the fight and your championship reign always a pleasure speaking with you and and again thank you very much for the time uh any shout outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go uh of course first i want to say um thank you very much for every every single person who are supporting me because like it's uh, really amazing and i know you are like everyone there was as they are fighting this fight uh same as me and we are like all everyone ready for uh, this fight happen and uh, just like i hope soon we will have some updates and soon uh, i will have some uh good news for everyone so as soon as i will get some i will post on my social medias and um this is the most what i want to say and uh, like this is the main support that i have absolutely i know you've got a ton of love out there uh everybody at bjpen.com certainly loves you as well so we're looking forward to the the fight officially being announced very much looking forward to the fight actually taking place uh, greatly appreciated again, Valentina. Enjoy your summer, and we'll catch up again soon. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Right. Have a good day. And I'll say it again. That's the future champion of the UFC's women's flyweight division. Tremendous work ethic. Incredible skills inside the cage. Very marketable outside of the cage. A huge following. I personally think all that's left is for her to capture the title before Valentina becomes a huge star in this sport. But you've heard from one sister, let's hear from the other. Coming up next, BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice, El Pantera, the second half of the Muay Thai sisters, Antonina Shevchenko. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show the newly signed women flyweight prospect, the sister of our last guest, La Pantera herself, Antonina Shevchenko. Thank you very much for joining us today. How does it feel to officially be on the UFC roster? Uh, hello, thank you very much for having me also. Um, it, it feels good, feels great. Of course, I'm happy because all hard work, uh, work that we did uh, with my training camp and my coach with Valentina, uh, so now now it's finished and finished good. Uh, I got the victory, I got the contract. So uh, it's uh, happy, very happy now and time for rest a little bit. Now you went out there on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. You finished Jamie in the second round. I'd imagine you were pretty happy with your performance overall. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course I wanted to finish the fight earlier um, to show... I mean to show um, first of all that I'm, um, uh, I'm I I want this contract here with UFC and uh, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with my performance, so I we planned, uh, everything was going uh, according to the plan, and that's fine. Well, it doesn't get much better than a dominant finish to impress the president himself, Dana White. Uh, did you have any doubt that you would be one of the athletes to receive the contract offer? Um, I didn't, because I, I don't know, I was pretty sure that I, I will get the contract. Uh, but, you know, it's still uh, always you don't know before it's done already. But uh, I was hoping, yes, I have it. Obviously, the performance and your record are, are plenty enough of a reason to sign you. But, you know, how much does uh, being the sister of the future champion help your case? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just happy we are just sister in UFC because it's a huge deal. It's a history. And uh, so you see they had a um, brother fighting but never sister. And now uh, when they have uh, female MMA in UFC grow up so much, so the first sisters are here. Absolutely. Muay Thai sisters, as Valentina said. Uh, I mentioned to her, you know, it, it, you ladies made history, as you just mentioned. Um, very first sisters to both be competing at the UFC simultaneously. I mean, aside from making history, that's got to be pretty cool that there's, there's a potential for you both to fight on the same card. Yeah, yeah. Like I said uh, also, that, um, I mean, I... I I won the fight, and the fight went well, and I didn't get uh, injuries or something difficulties in the fight. So I'm pretty healthy now with my uh, body. I mean, uh, and I would like to come back to the octagon as soon as possible. And if Valentina will have this fight on September 8th, what we hope will be like this. So I would like to fight on the same card with her. Just like, I think it will be very exciting. Absolutely, and another historic moment for mixed martial arts and women's mixed martial arts. Uh, but for all the people who aren't familiar with you, you know, you've been competing since 2003. You've been training alongside your sister from the beginning. You're still undefeated in MMA. You have a very impressive kickboxing record as well. So anyone that hasn't followed your career, or has followed your career, rather, would say that, you know, you're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the UFC. I'm sure you would agree with that. Um, we are training hard for 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 be like this, of course. So um, yeah, I uh, I thought uh, I have eleven world titles in Muay Thai and forty fights. Uh, my Muay Thai and K one records it's forty professional fights, forty and one. So in MMA, I have now uh, like uh, eight fights at all, but in short dog it's. Uh, six and all, and um, I mean, I, I, I train all my life. I'm in martial arts more than 20 years, the same like Valentina. I was the first from us uh, who who started to do to practice martial arts because I'm older sister, and our mom brought us uh, now just me and then Valentina in martial arts. And during all these years, I was. I was trying to develop myself like a martial artist to evolve like a fighter, and now this uh, you see uh, it's a big challenge for me now, big goal for me, new goal for me, and I I, I hope I just in short time I will be climbing to top of the division and uh, to be the champion someday. Well, I have no doubt that, that that is certainly in your future, but 
I'm wondering, you know, why did you wait to start mixed martial arts uh, so much longer after when Valentina started her MMA career? I was just busy in Muay Thai, so I had good offers to fight in Muay Thai. And, um, but I still was training with Valentina, the same training that she did. So when she was preparing for each fight in UC that she had, I was in her training camp doing the same thing that she did. So I was just uh, training the same thing that she did. And just was busy uh, in my time. And um, since she started to fight in UC, um, more offers uh, came to me from MMA promotion, like from, from Russian MMA promotion, European, Asian promotions, and uh, I think it was just timing, it was right time already right. to start um, little by little to come back to MMA, and uh, it was the same, um, I think, desire of me to uh, to do something more, to come back in MMA, to do something more, not to be in another world, Muay Thai title, and another what would be like, uh, I mean, would it would be comfortable for me to stay in Muay Thai and to have just Muay Thai fights and continue winning, I hope. But uh, uh, my desire was like evolve and drive something more and uh, just to be a universal fighter and to fight in this big league like you see where the best fighters are and to be the champion here too. So for you, this was not only a timing thing, but this was also uh, conquering another challenge and, and putting your eyes on another goal uh, in another uh, discipline, if you will. It's not another discipline because uh, we we, train, we already competed in this discipline. We already uh, we trained in this discipline. Right. So it was familiar, my discipline, which I was uh, trained and prepared to fight in. But uh, the goal, I mean the challenge to fight in UC and to win in UC, it was new, of course. And I think it's just a difficult path. And uh, more difficult, I mean, than staying my tie and continuing in things that you are already good and comfortable and everything, like feeling good. So, yeah, yeah, just to evolve like a fighter, I think, the main idea. Right, right, right. Like I said, new challenge and a, and a new chapter of your life. Uh, but listen, tell, right. t- tell us about working with uh, Valentina on a day-to-day basis and how valuable her guidance has been uh, for you throughout your mixed martial arts career. Today with Valentina is just great. She's a strong fighter with uh, good technique everywhere. I mean, striking, wrestling, grappling everywhere. She's strong everywhere. So she can train, uh, I can train with her uh, doing everything. So I don't need somebody to help me or to train with me, like in grappling or somebody in wrestling. So Valentina has it all. And she's just great sparring partner because she doesn't allow you to make mistakes. So if I make mistake, I pay for it. Right, in meaning, right. like, uh, meaning like if I, uh, if I, for, for example, um, just relax a little bit in sparring, I can 
uh, I can, <laughs> I mean, uh, some kick can come, uh, or turn and kick, or back fist. Some, something, you, you have to be just every time focused very well to sparring with Valentina. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. This is a great, a great thing, and, uh, I mean, it's just huge, uh, huge support, of, co- of course, uh, from here. Uh, because the everyday to trainer, everyday to training, and this confidence that we have, we have for each other is just huge because you cannot, like, uh, trust to someone else. So, but this trust and confidence that we have is just very supportive. So, it's just in, in time when you are short and or when you are tired, it gives you more motivation. Absolutely. You guys push each other. And uh, making great training partners together, but I'm wondering, exactly. you know, do, do you guys get very competitive? I mean, does it ever get heated between you in the training room? In training, uh, in training, uh, we always uh, training like full, full, full power. I mean, of course, not uh, every time when we do like technique and everything, but yes, in our training, it's every time it's competitive between <laughs> us. I mean, we don't compete with 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 each other, but uh, uh, it doesn't allow to each other to make mistakes because uh, your opponent will do the same. So we we have to do our full power, and we have to we have to do strong enough because your opponent will do more of the same. Now you've both fought at bantamweight and flyweight. Uh, lightweight as well in, in Muay Thai, but you know, tell us about the decision to come into the UFC in the same weight class as your sister. Yes, first of all, of course, uh, because for Valentina, 125 is just perfect because in 135 she was uh, she's strong, she doesn't cut weights that makes her training camp just easy without diet and everything. So, but uh, 125 just perfect. And for, and for me, the same. In 135 in Muay Thai, I just didn't cut weight the same like much. Uh, and I was winning, so there was no need to cut weight in go to the uh, lower division. But for UFC, it's different, I think, because uh, girls and guys in UFC, they cut weight very much. And uh, girls in, from 135 division, they just go in around 165 pounds in their uh, normal life. So it's just big weight, I think, because my weight, when I, what I walk around, is 140. So to go 135, it just cut five pounds. And of course, we, for me, uh, with my, co- my coach, before to accept this fight in Contender Series, we thought about division. And uh, we try to think about it like separately uh, from Valentina, just for me as a fighter. I'm the fighter. What would be best for me in UC? And it would, and it was 125. And uh, doing this first fight in 125 showed us that we were totally right, and I feel perfect in the division, and I will uh, be there. Absolutely. I completely understand. You got to do what's best for you in your career and try not to think about the possibilities of, you know, you both being contenders uh, or champions rather in the same division. But I asked Valentina the same question. I know you guys would never, ever fight each other. That's completely out of the question. 
But in regards to the title situation, you know, will you wait for her to vacate that flyweight title and move up? Or could you possibly move up to bantamweight yourself uh, before she did? Um, I don't know. For now, I cannot answer these questions. What would be probably yes, probably she would fight in one thirty-five. Probably I would go one thirty-five. So we don't know yet, but um, I think we still have some time to figure this out right. because uh, Valentina now rank number one, and as soon as their fight with Nico Mantani will happen. I'm sure she will be the champion. And I still have some time to climb on top. So, right. <laughs> so we'll figure it out later, I think. How how quickly do you expect to be able to make that number one contender status? You know, 125 is a bit of a shallow division at this point. I think you'll be able to make it up there relatively quickly. I, I hope so, because that is my plan. So, first of all, if of course I... I would. I will be training hard and work so much for doing this. Um, it will depend on, on my health, on time, on fights uh, that you see will give me soon or later. But I'll do everything to climb the, the the faster I can. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, have you put any thought into into what matchup would make the most sense for you for your debut or? Any matchup in particular that interests you? Or at this point, are you just looking to get back in there as soon as possible and the opponent is irrelevant? Um, I don't know. It's all totally dependent on UFC. And I think in some days we'll figure out with UFC about my next steps. But uh, there are so many good girls in the division. And they're like, a division now is forming. So we'll see. I think it totally depends on UFC now. How cool would it be for both of you to be bantamweight and flyweight champions simultaneously? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, to be the champion in the division, it's cool. Of course, it's, it's, uh, if it is, you'll see. And it's a huge, huge uh, goal. And uh, it, this, uh, the thinking of this, it motivates me every day. All right, listen, uh, Antonina, I greatly appreciate the time. Uh, just a couple more questions here for you. How many times do you think you can compete this year, you know, before the end of the year? What's realistic for you? Um, how many times before the end of the year? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering how many times before the end of the year can do you think you'll be able to compete? Uh, I think I'm able to compete like two times. I hope. Uh, I don't know it, if it would be September 8th and one more before the end of the year. I I wanted to. I would like to do this, but of course, it not on, only depends uh, on me. So uh, my part to fight. Okay, very good. And in conclusion, what can all the fans expect from you in your UFC debut and your career with the company as you progress up the ranks? Um, I I will do everything like to to win all the fights that I will have because it make uh, will make me go faster to to the top. So uh, my definitely I will work and I will train as hard as I can. Do not get injuries because it's like slowly all the process, making slowly all the process. So uh, I don't know. I will evolve like fighter, train hard and to do as much as I can and to show 
the best fights as I can on the octagon. Well, I have no doubt you've been very exciting to watch outside of the UFC, and I'm sure you will only uh, continue to live up to that in the UFC. Um, pleasure speaking with you today, Antonina. I, I look forward to our, our next conversation. I certainly look forward to this, the, the future and what it has in store for you within the UFC. Uh, any shout-outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go? Yes, thank you very much again for having me. And, uh, yeah, thank you for all my fans that that uh, writing me comments before the fight uh, and congratulations after the fight. So, it again, it motivates me also because I receive uh, from people that I'm, it's my pleasure to be motivated somebody, but uh, I receive back uh, motivation from all my supporters. Thank you. Awesome. Yes, motivation is reciprocal, that is for sure. Uh, again, thank you very much for the time. I can't wait for your next fight and, and for both you and your sister to take over the division. Uh, it's going to be very exciting stuff and historic, uh, nonetheless, in mixed martial arts. So, again, thank you, and I hope you guys both have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. All right, Penn Nation, there you have it. Another solid episode of BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice. Pleasure to be here with you each and every week. I hope you guys subscribe, share, and like this show, this podcast. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+. Make sure you bookmark us, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Stay up to date on the sport that you love in mixed martial arts. And of course, be on the lookout for another great episode next week. On behalf of all of the hard workers at Team Pen, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Till next time, my friends, peace out.